The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right. We're finally here. Unstoppable force meets a movable object. It's the Andy Reid bowl, the Kelsey brother bowl, the should you trade a wide receiver in the offseason for a first-round pick bowl. A lot of different storylines for this Super Bowl, and it's probably the best matchup we could hope for. Best team in the AFC, best team in the NFC, extremely talented rosters, superhuman quarterbacks, great coaches. It's got everything. So, Jay... Roll the intro. All right, uh, let's talk Super Bowl. We're going to jump right into this thing because we have uh, a lot of different information to go over in terms of previewing all the different matchups for the Super Bowl. Uh, On both sides of the ball, really. Eagles defense versus Chiefs offense. Chiefs defense versus Eagles offense. A lot of nuance here. A lot of different different matchups that we have talked about them before, but they're even more concerning now than maybe ever based on recent events. Uh, Why don't we start with uh, Chiefs offense against Eagles defense? This is something that fascinates me immensely because I was kind of waiting on, on bated breath to find out if Vic Fangio was staying to help game plan for this game because he's been um, you know, hugely instrumental in terms of game planning for the Eagles defense the entire year. You can see his fingerprints all over Gannon's defense, uh, especially looking at how much quarters they run. They're literally number one in the NFL in terms of early down quarters coverage at about 31%, which is absurdly high. You compare that to the Bears, it's like 10 times the amount that the Bears call. <laughs> it's like 3% in Chicago. Um, and so it's it's very much a Fangio-centric uh, scheme, in my opinion, that relies a lot on quarters. A little bit, a little bit of quarter, quarter half, not as much as, say, some Fangio disciples like Staley and, and Donatel. He's more sticking to, or I should say, not he, Gannon <laughs> is more <laughs> sticking to just the straight-up quarter stuff. Um but knowing that Vic is staying through the Super Bowl with the Eagle staff is huge because it, it kind of gives us a, a better idea of what's actually going to be happening. Um, it, what, what really fascinates me about the Chiefs matchup with this Vic Fangio-style defense is how they plan on handling all of that quarters. And then when it transitions to, to like third and medium, um, Eagles run more cover three on third downs than, than pretty much anybody else. Third and long, uh, 
it's kind of a free-for-all. They'll do a little bit of everything. But in terms of third and medium, which is the most common third down scenario, they run cover three like 40% of the time. I can't remember the exact number, but it's like top three in the NFL. Um, and so it, it, there's going to be a lot of different in terms of like uh, schematic adjustments that we see from the Chiefs on early downs in terms of how they're going to attack that quarter's coverage. And then once we get into third and medium, it's okay. How are we going to attack cover three? The best answer I can come up with, and it's not a good answer, but it's the best one I can come up with, <laughs> is on early downs, we know that our outside receivers cannot match up well against the Eagles' outside corners, and we know that quarters basically plays out like man deep down the field, right? So I, I think that MVS, you know, deep shots down the field to him, kind of out of the question here. But Travis Kelsey working what is essentially a two-way go 12 yards down the field on a safety I think that we're going to see a lot of that on early downs because the safeties are naturally going to be more leveraged inside. So those kind of deep seven rounds to Kelsey, I think that's going to be free real estate there. When we get into the third down stuff, where I think that uh, the seven routes are going to be a little bit more protected by cover three, their best throw against a lot of the match three stuff that the Eagles do is either going to be the running backs in the flats or, again, Kelsey on like, stick routes or seam routes or anything like that. What I'm trying to say is Travis Kelsey is going to get a lot of fucking catches in this game. Um, I, I don't necessarily know he's going to get any big chunks, but right now, like if you're, if you're filling out a price pick slip, it's like over under seven catches from a schematic perspective in terms of how the chiefs like to attack these coverages. He's going to get way more than that. And I think that he, other than Pat Mahomes is by far, the biggest component to the Chiefs keeping up with the Eagles offense. Yeah, we'll start with Kelsey. Kelsey in the last game was, again, Kelsey. <laughs> That's just what he is, 7 yeah. for 78 and a touchdown. In a league that changes so much, week to week, uh, quarter of the season to quarter of the season, year to year for sure, he's a rock. Mm-hmm. He's a rock. Everybody knows he's going to get the ball. He gets the ball, and they focus the offense around him. And they have for a long time. Even when Tyreek was there, he was the glue guy. He was the guy that kept that offense moving in tough spots. He wasn't necessarily the chunk guy, like you said. Casey's absolutely going to lean on him again. So he's going to get a ton of targets. We'll see how he gets those targets. He has complete freedom in this offense to do whatever it is he wants. And he seems to make the right choice most often. Mahomes showed this near superhuman ability to bounce back from a nasty-looking high ankle sprain. And as Mahomes go, so go the Chiefs, period. Mm -hmm. This team without Mahomes is a completely different team. The fact that he could play through that, he was limited, but not enough to make it matter. Like, he could move enough to function, and he beat a very good defense. With two weeks rest, I expect he'll look even better. So this is going to be the Mahomes to Kelsey show. Because, look, MVS went bananas against a really good Cincinnati defense. But before that, the reason nobody saw that coming is before that, he had one game over 100 yards for the mm-hmm. whole season, and that was a fluky bit versus the Niners off three catches. And one game over four catches versus the Raiders, in which he had six. And every other game this year was this spotty two and three catch, 40, 30, 50, 60, mm-hmm. 80 yard effort. And he comes out versus Cincinnati, 116, drives the offense. We're not going to see that because. The Philadelphia defense has a lot more pressure they're going to be able to put. And a better secondary. And a better (laughs) secondary. When you combine those two things, we're not going to get those same looks. He's not going to get those same looks. So MBS is going to fade into the background 
All of those of you betting the over for MVS might want to rethink that. Good luck. Um, go for Kelsey. He is going to beat the over. So I don't expect him to pop off, but the Chiefs just don't run either, which is the really weird part about this. Not that they'd have any great success against a team like the Bengals or certainly the Eagles because the Eagles are even better, but they don't even try. They had 17 non-QB carries in the entire game. Pacheco had 2.6 per carry. Like, they yeah. just didn't even lean into it. They basically said, Pat, go win us the game because they have Pat Mahomes. The Chiefs are the only team that can do that, and they do it all the time, and they're going to have to do it against Philadelphia. And so everybody's saying, oh, the Eagles' run defense is really good. That's cool, but the Chiefs aren't really even going to try and test it. They'll run a little bit, but they don't really care. Something I would, uh, again, from a schematic perspective, because they don't run, it's like a 30% run pass ratio, if I remember correctly. Yep. It's always been kind of around that realm of always in the bottom, um, especially like neutral down situations between the 20s, um, you know, uh, you know, not not in garbage time, or anything like that. Like they have always in the Pat Mahomes era been like the highest pass rate in those situations. They, they just... They use the quick pass game as an extension of the run game. And there's nothing wrong with that. But mm-hmm. you can only do it if you have a quarterback like Pat Mahomes, right? Uh, from a schematic perspective, though, if they're going to get, um, you know, the four or five-yard gains that substitute for the run against this defense, which is, again, a, a very quarters-heavy, aggressive, you know, match zone defense, however you want to phrase it, if it's zone that plays out like man or man that plays out like zone, it's the same <laughs> shit, right? Everybody's stuck on everybody uh and you got these two outside corners you got talented safeties you got a a voracious pass rush what i think the chiefs might do is do a lot of four strong looks meaning if they're on a hash uh or or maybe even not maybe maybe even if it's in the middle of the field but especially if they're on a hash you're going to get trips to the field plus pacheco or mckinnon you know if they're in gun flanking on that so you get four eligible receivers on one side of the field because that's pretty much the only way you're going to overload to use a you know whatever term makes sense overloading the zone coverage right um you want to call it flooding the zone which i know can confuse people because there are literally past concepts called flood but (laughs) in terms of getting so many bodies to one side of the field that it's that you struggle to match up with it even in quarters right like somebody's going to have a leverage advantage somewhere um, I think that we're going to see a bunch of that. And the Chiefs do lean into four strong looks quite a bit because people have started to play quarters against them a lot more over the last couple of years to stop all those deep crossing routes and stuff. Like that's one of the only ways you can really get good leverage on those. So as they've upticked in quarters, there's been an equal uptick in four strong looks. And I think that we're going to see a bunch of that in the RPO game, especially out of it. Because if you got... Um, you know, if the linebackers all of a sudden kind of start shifting, you know, uh, shifting their alignment over towards that so that it makes it easier for them to, to do what's called a push call in coverage, um, where like, you know, the linebacker has better leverage to take the running back out into the flat if they if they do like a fast release or something like that. If the linebackers are, are shifted over all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the bubble in the defensive front on the other side in the run game becomes a lot, a lot wider. Um, so if they are going to run the ball, I think they might do it out of that four strong look in order to move the linebackers schematically out of the way. And if they don't move out of the way, 
you know, maybe we see some RPO stuff. You open up the backside slant, or maybe they just release the running back to the flat and try to get stuff that way. But um, if you're watching at home, you know, keep an eye out for those four strong looks because if there was ever a game for the Chiefs to really, really lean into that, it's this one. Yeah, it's funny you talk about schematic ways to create motion and move people around on the other side of the ball because if I'm the Eagles defense, I'm using stacks and motion on my DL to try and get solid one-on-ones with those KC tackles. And mm-hmm. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to create three-by-three three on one side and slide pressure. So basically, the blitz pickup has to come to that side, and you're going to get a one-on-one matchup. So you're talking like a load front where you're, you're putting – like you're threatening four week or something, and then you're you're bringing it from the other side. Either of either a load or through motion loop stunt, where again you're isolating. You're having one guy take up two guys in the middle. You're putting maybe Hargrave outside of that an outside loop stunt again because you want him one on one with that tackle, and you're doing all that arrangement, all that motion, all that shifting to just basically say. I'm going to line you guys up one-on-one so that I get a one-on-one. And if I have to add pressure over the top, which is the way to do it, that's going to be great because I want Reddick, Sweat, and even Hargrave on those loop stunts pounding away on Wiley all game long. Reddick on Wiley is not even fair. Yeah, and I want to make sure that I turn those matchups loose because I think I win more of those tussles than I lose if I'm the Eagles. Yeah. And I'm going to force them to either bring substantive help, switch the back, bring the tight end in, chip, basically almost max protect. And if I do that, I'm still probably winning because I can rush with four. So I'm also just going to try and smash as many Kelsey routes as I can at the line. But everybody says that every week, and nobody's ever able to do it because he's Kelsey. So it's kind of a throwaway thought. It's like, yeah, it would be nice if we could really crush Kelsey off the line. Nobody seems to be able to do that. It never works. It's just a nice thought. Throw it in the bucket. Rushing four or less. The majority of the time and using lots of extra weird coverage rotations to just clog the lanes and make Pat matriculate it down the field, right? Mm-hmm. As many plays as possible. Make him be patient. No chunks. If you lose, lose in front, right? Yeah. Lose in front and cover it up. Rally and tackle. 11, 12, 13 play drives. Can he complete them? Of course he can complete them. But make him do it. Don't give him 25, 35, 40 yards at a shot because you gambled in front and broke. You don't need to. Your defensive line is good enough. You can rush with four, sometimes rush with three, rush with four and drop one, whatever, and then rotate and get eight guys just kind of sitting there going, hi, and make him pick the spots. He can do it, but if you do that, longer drives, more chances to screw up, um, and you're not basically going to get boat raced if he gets hot because we all know, we've all seen what Mahomes can do, and if he lights it up, your offense can keep up, but they're going to have to keep up. Another coaching point that I think uh, Eagles defensive line should emphasize, um, it, it, as a quick aside, you know, one of the best ways to beat all that quarters coverage that we expect is like a pin and post combination where you hold the safety down with Kelsey and then you throw a post behind it. A, that's a lot harder to do against these corners, so it's probably not a good idea to try it. B, you got to hold the ball a long time to do that. And against this defensive line, again, probably not a winning formula. So, like you said, they are probably going to lean into the quick passing game. And as a coaching point for the Philly defensive front, they've got to get their hands up. They are bottom five in the league in terms of tip passes at the line of scrimmage, which is odd for a defensive front as good as they are at compressing the pocket. You think that they would be better at kind of getting those hands up and you know, for, for all these teams that, th- that try to throw quickly against them, you think they would have 
got some sort of timing down for getting their hands up, and they they just they don't. They have like six batted passes in the line the entire year. Not enough. No. Um, and for a Chiefs offense that you know, especially in those four strong looks we're talking about, they're going to be working one of those four guys to the field within two and a half seconds of the ball being snapped. Fast. You got to get your hands up, and you got to give your DBs and your linebackers a chance to to get a ball in the air. Um, because as you make the Chiefs do more of those 10, 11, 12 play drives, you really got to get your hands on the ball at some point because it, it, once you kind of get within the 35-yard line, the Chiefs just get points, right? Like their, their kicker's good enough that they just get points. And so kind of the only way to really be the great equalizer is to get turnovers. But if you're just, if you're just straight up rushing and you're not – getting home because the ball is getting out too quick. Like those turnovers are just not going to happen. So um, I'm sure they're emphasizing that in practice and everything like that. But I just kind of want to make that point here that they're really weirdly bad at doing that. And they got to get better at least for this one game or it, it could be quite a long day. What it reminds me of is the old broom drill. Yes, <laughs> with absolutely. The, with yes. the coaches walking around with the brooms upside down. Um, yeah, Philly's going to have to do that if they're going to be the great eagleizer. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I had to. You're not even drinking in this show. What the I fuck? know. He's like, where does that come from? It's in um, my nature. Looking at Eagles offense against Chiefs defense, this one was a little bit more difficult for me to project because I'm not entirely convinced that we're going to see the same Chiefs defense that we've seen all year. Spags is well known for being a great big game coordinator, and he's a great big game coordinator because he tends to have something a little bit special in those big games, especially when he has time to prepare. Yeah. Um, just to kind of give a quick rundown of the Chiefs defense schematically, they are dead last in the NFL in cover three, like by far. Mm-hmm. Um, in total, it's like 16.5%. When we get into Second down specifically, it's at eight percent. Like once that once they kind of get you into a, a a a passing situation, they just they don't call it. And when they call cover three, it's usually pretty much just against like obvious. We are running it. It's twelve personnel. It's twenty one personnel. That type of stuff. So they spend most of their time in middle field open looks, whether it's quarters, quarter or half, uh, or or cover two. They're third in the NFL in terms of calling cover two. Uh, they, they call it more than almost anybody else. And I think that that's going to have to change in this game. And I think it will change. And here's why. When we look at the Eagles offense, they do two things really, really well. They pound you inside with like inside zone. Um, they will run outside zone as well, but like inside zone is their bread and butter. They call that half the time, like almost half their runs, I should say, are inside zone. Um, and a lot of that is like the split zone variation where, you know, tight ends coming across, cutting the backside end, tackle, which is Jordan Mailata. He's like 350 pounds or whatever, climbs to the second level, buries the linebacker, boom, canyon open, right? And then they'll kind of do a whole bunch of fun little play action stuff off of that where they'll, they'll fake the sift block and release the tight end of the flat and get five yards that way. Um, sometimes they won't do the sift block and they'll just do the zone read it uh, or they'll do a zone read on the backside. And so the end really, he's, he's like expecting it, the, the block to come and it doesn't. And then he's got to read Jalen and Jalen's a freak. Like that one little trio of concepts off the same thing is like a huge part of their offense. Mm-hmm. And then once they kind of butter you up that way, 
and they get you to come down into cover three because they're like, we need bodies. Like, we need bodies flying downhill to fit this run game. All of a sudden, that's where A.J. Brown comes in. And to a lesser degree, but still an important degree, Devonta Smith outside, but especially A.J., right? When you get the one-on-ones outside, it's bombs away for Jalen. He has been the best quarterback in the entire league in terms of working deep down the field outside the numbers. Not just on go balls, but also on, um, you know, post corners. Um, I would say in terms of the placement on that that mid-level cross. Uh, I mean, we saw it early on in the, in the Giants game, the big cross to Devonta Smith. Like any of those throws deep outside the numbers, he's been money. And they're way better <laughs> against middle field closed looks that they will force you into with the run game. I worry about Kansas City because they play so much cover two, specifically to stop all that stuff deep down the sideline, right? I worry that they're going to get run on because they're already not a great defense against inside zone and, and kind of all the runs that attack you right up the middle. They're one defensive lineman that's, you know, been really good at kind of stacking and shedding and throwing at Chris Jones, and that's about it. Um, their linebackers have been very hit and miss. Bolton's a great cleanup crew, but in terms of getting off blocks, he's still not he, he's he's not all the way there yet in terms of that. Uh, when things are opened up for him, yeah, he's a tackle machine, but it, it's it's a lot different to get off of you know Landon Dickerson or Jordan Mylot on the second level, right? And he's not he's not built for that. So they're kind of a, a not the best defense against uh, run games that attack you inside, which means they're going to have to play the one middle field close coverage they like, which is cover one, man coverage. And they have a very young secondary. And I, quite frankly, don't really trust it against A.J. Brown. Uh, you know, Jamar got his last game. T. Higgins got his last game. Same thing. It's a big, strong, fast post-up player on the outside. I just I, I don't feel great about that matchup. And that leads me to my overarching thought. I think if there was ever a game where they do play cover three, it's this one. In terms of putting a cap on top of everything deep down the sidelines and giving yourself an extra body to play the run, I think it's this one. Um, Maybe they start out in too high and they're rotating into it. If they're, if, you know, Spags' style is to do kind of the rotations at the snap. But this is not the game to play heavy cover two. It's really not. Um, this is not the game to play heavy quarters, a quarter, quarter, half. You can sprinkle it in there, but like this is the one game they should be playing a shitload of cover three. And I kind of think Spags will. It'd be a huge tendency breaker. They have two weeks to get ready. You and I both know that's the one coverage that I think can probably do some damage against Philly. And I think Spags is a good enough defensive coach to realize that. I would be on the lookout for the Chiefs defense to play entirely different than we're used to. Because if they don't play entirely different than we're used to, they're probably going to lose. Yeah. You know who else plays a lot of cover, too? Who? The Niners. Very true. You know what the Eagles did to the Niners? Ran the shit out of the ball. They smashed them. <laughs> so this is a two-stage game, I agree with you. And it's going to go like this. The Eagles are going to try and run the ball. And if they can run the ball, they're not going to do anything else. Yeah. They leaned heavily on the run game in the Niners. Again, another team that is uh, systematically heavy, heavy, heavy cover two because they have Fred Warner. We've talked about that all year. They scored rushing TDs on what had been a very good run defense 
right? The whole reason San Francisco played cover two is because they could, and they were mm-hmm. good. They could still stop the run four times. The Eagles scored four rushing touchdowns on that defense. They didn't need to throw it. One of the most shocking things about going back through the stats of that game is they had like 121 passing yards. Yeah. And they massacred them. They didn't need to throw it, so they just didn't. And the Eagles are going to do the same thing. No matter what the Chiefs play, they're going to come out and try and run it because they have the offensive line and they have the backs. And if that breaks down, oh, yeah, they got Jalen Hurts too. So just like you said, I can bring you the same looking play three times run it three different ways, and see if one of them cracks you open. And if it does, I'm just going to keep doing it over and over again until you shift, until you bring an extra body down. And then we're back to the corners because a lot of teams that run like that don't have the second punch. Mm-hmm. The Eagles absolutely do. They're just waiting to throw it. Yeah, they, they just don't need to normally throw it. They've got A.J. Brown. They've got Devonta Smith. They've got Goddard on seam-breaking routes. They can do all kinds of wonderful stuff once you take the bait, if you don't take the bait and they just run over your face, they don't need to. They're still going to win the game. So it's a very difficult proposition. I think the Chiefs are going to have to switch it up. Once they dip deeply into their passing game, they have so many tricks and all those things that, again, they're just going to be ready for that switch to cover three, right? And then Devonta Smith is going to burn your young secondary with route running. Right. If AJ is not bodying your big corners, because they do have big corners, the Chiefs do have big corners, right? And they can play heavy physical ball. But I don't think they have anybody that can run with Devonta because there are very few guys in the league that can run with Devonta. They have one. It's McDuffie. That's correct. Who, if anybody's going to shadow, and I told this to the KCSN guys, if anybody's going to shadow AJ, it's going to be McDuffie. Not that I think he can stop him. But I don't think he'll get completely manhandled, which is kind of the goal, right? Is survive long enough for Mahomes to win the game. Yeah. He's the one guy that I think can survive. Not win, right. but not lose a lot. So, yeah, my <laughs> modification for Spags of cover three would be, I don't know if you know basketball defenses, but triangle and one, right? Yeah. You basically say, okay, we're going to play triangle, which is zone, and then you just go with the shooter, right? Yeah. You, McDuffie, Go with Smith, the shooter, and don't let him go, Mm. right? So that because otherwise, if you use pre-snap motion to try and pry Smith loose and you get him matched up on somebody else, I'm with you. I think the chances to cover him go way, way down. So I could see Spags saying, look, McDuffie, when we do this, go get him, Trent. (laughs) Like, just dog him wherever he goes and basically play like a triangle in one or a triangle in two and say... Don't ever leave him, right? Because we've got to be down because they have all these rush threats. They've got all this RPO game. They've got a running quarterback. we got to put guys down. But when we do that, they're going to try and go deep outside. We're just going to have to hope our whole, our big corners hold up. And look, AJ will get his. But we cannot be losing to what's ironically the old Tyreek Hill route. Yeah. Right. If if anybody knows to not give that up as a chunk, the the kind of little the little high cross where you do the stair (laughs) step just to get them to kind of and then you you break it across again. The Chiefs know that route and they're not going to get beat about the head and neck with it. So the one way to stop that is basically cover three with McDuffie just attached to Devonta Smith's hip. I mean, there's really just no good answers, right? For, Not for either team. Not a for, lot. For no. either team. Because it's easy to say, like, oh, you know, the Chiefs are banged up at receiver and MVS. Like, you can't, can't – like, they should just play man coverage. It's like, you're going to – 
Unless unless your plan is we're playing man coverage and literally bracketing Kelsey every single play, which still not convinced that would nope. totally work. Um, like it, they're still not a great option because if Mahomes is even remotely healthy, he'll just run on you, you know. And and Pacheco, like I like the Eagles linebackers. None of them run four three. Like Pacheco runs four three, and I guarantee you, if they start calling a whole bunch of man coverage, guess who's running a rail route down the boundary? The same one we watched at the Shrine Bowl last year. It's Pacheco. Yep. So, like, neither defense has amazing answers for for either offense. Um, not that I think it's going to be a shootout, but I also don't expect a massively defensive game. Um, and in the end, this is going to sound so fucking cliche. In the end, it's literally going to come down to which quarterback plays best. And I know that's such an easy cop-out answer. But between two great teams with two great coaching staffs, two great rosters, I don't know, two throws on either side is, is really going to be the difference here. You know, if Jalen's making amazing, crazy throws to A.J. Brown, which he's more than capable of doing, like, yeah, Eagles probably win. If Mahomes is, is you know, doing his normal Houdini stuff and getting out of pressure and finding Travis Kelsey when he's just sitting on the opposite hash because everybody forgets he exists whenever Pat runs around and you get 50 yards out of that, yeah, Chiefs probably win. Um, it literally just comes down to which quarterback plays best. And, you know, maybe it's cliche, but it, it's kind of reality here. Like, you got the two top MVP candidates going at it in the Super Bowl. May the best man win. Yeah, and if Mahomes is playing anywhere near his regular level, it's likely going to be him because, yeah, it's a one-man show, and, yeah, their offense depends on him, but he pulls through. Mm-hmm. That's what he does over and over again. It's not a fluke. We've talked about it. He always ends up in this game, and he usually pulls them through. And if he's healthy and Kelsey stays upright, the Chiefs have a very good chance to win this game just because he's Pat Mahomes, right? If the Eagles start running on the Chiefs and the Chiefs can't stop the Eagles' run game, he's going to have to. There isn't any other way for the Chiefs to win this game if they can't lock down the Philly running game, which is going to be a very difficult thing to do. And I'm not sure that Jalen is the same on the other side. If the Chiefs do lock down the Philly running game, that he could just take the, you know, take the reins and match Pat blow for blow. He's close. It, here's the thing. He can. He doesn't do it every week. Yeah. And it, it, it's it's one of those, like, what do you believe he's capable of versus what do you believe he's going to do? Yeah. Two very, very different things. Yeah, and capability-wise, he can. And yeah. we could end up seeing an all-time classic Super Bowl. If yeah. that's the case, if, you know, Casey is Just struggling to stop the run. Blow and, for blow. And Pat is throwing everywhere. up yeah. all the things that Pat throws up. And then Jalen's got to open it up to keep up with those points. Because the run game is not getting him enough points. It's controlling the game, and it's moving him down the field, uh-huh. but it's not getting him enough points. And he decides, all right, I'm going to cape up. And he does. We could get an all-time classic. And I really hope we do. Of like, course. I, I don't know what the over-under for the game is. It's probably like 40-something. I hope we fucking smash it. Yeah. Because that's what I've wanted to see for like three months, is these two teams <laughs> just lay into each other, which they're they're perfectly capable of doing. Um, again, two best teams in the entire NFL. And I know Bills fans might be out there and be like, yeah, but we were banged up. You're right, you were banged up. Chiefs fans are like, we would have got him here healthy. You're right, you probably would have. But as of right now, in terms of healthy team with superhuman quarterback and great coaching staff, like these are the two best teams in the league. And thank God we got them uh, playing against each other in the Super Bowl. 
Before we get out of here, who's your pick? I'm going to go oh, – it's brutal. If Mahomes is healthy, if he's running around as good or better than he did, I can't pick against him. He, he, he Every time you say he shouldn't be able to do it, and he does it. You know, you should – why didn't they cover Kelsey every week? There's a reason because Mahomes is throwing to him, and Kelsey's really smart. Um, if either one of those guys gets nicked up or looks bad – uh, I would pivot directly to the Eagles very, very easily and feel no shame in doing so. Your, your second half live bet just yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, if again somebody rolls up on either one of those two players and they're limping a little bit, um, you know, yeah, it sets up kind of that Willis Reed game, mm-hmm. limping on one leg. But I think the Eagles have way too much talent at that point, and we saw that against the Niners. Niners, some immediate injuries. Slowed them down a little bit, and the nine and the Eagles just bulldozed. Overwhelming, them. just Overwhelming. bulldozed. Because I, I think it was what Trent Warner, obviously Brock. Um, I think uh, Bosa as well got dinged up in that one. Like, and the Niners arguably are the more talented team. They're just also historically unlucky as an organization year just after happened year. at the wrong time so if that happens to the chiefs really to only two players am i super concerned about and that is kelsey and pat yeah because if you're talking about those win probability graphs <laughs> kelsey or pat getting nicked just deep sixes those i'll throw in a third okay chris jones of course because they i don't i truly don't know if they win against cincy without chris jones um, and he's been utterly insane the entire year. Um, but I also I also kind of think this is more of an offensive-oriented game, so I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. Um, I'll say one thing about Jones. He played like a demigod versus Cincinnati. Best game of his career. It's unreal. Yeah. He'll need to do that again. Problem is he's playing against a much better offensive line than Cincinnati's. I – so that last play that he made um, where he just bull rushed the right tackle, you know, got the, the, mm-hmm. the fumble and everything like that, won them the game. It's a lot different story when it's Lane Johnson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think that in terms of the offensive line matchups from a physical skill set standpoint, this is the hardest matchup for Chris Jones. Because not only are they all like 330 pounds other than Kelsey, um, but they're all unnaturally quick. Athletic. So they can match him, you know, in terms of uh, athleticism. They can match him athleticism for athleticism. And they're also incredibly technically refined. Lane Johnson's first battle Hall of Famer. Kelsey, first battle Hall of Famer. Mylotta, Pro Bowl caliber player, on his way to being even better than that. Um, Landon Dickerson's a fucking house. All these guys are just massive and strong and quick. And I'm not saying they're going to neutralize Chris Jones, but he definitely won't kick their ass like he did to the Cincy backups. That's the point is that it's not that Chris Jones isn't going to make plays. Chris Jones is going to make plays because Chris Jones is a great player. He's going to make less of them. He's not going to have as many wins. And he needed all of those wins to beat Cincinnati. He's not going to get as many versus Philadelphia. And... That means he's going to be less of a difference maker, not because he's any less of a player, but because the level of the competition went from a really banged up Cincinnati line that was playing well together, I'll give him that, to, oh, this is probably one of the top two offensive lines in the league. Yeah. And they ain't two. In terms of my pick, I'm right there with you. Like I made made the comment uh, on KCSN last week. 
I guess by the time this comes out last week, <laughs> um, that if Mahomes won that Cincy game, essentially on one leg, I would pick them to win the whole thing. And I'm going to stick with that. I know that logically... <laughs> this is not logical. <laughs> logically, the Eagles have the better roster. Logically, they are favored for a reason uh-huh. by Vegas. Mahomes is not a logical player. Nope. He defies logic at every possible opportunity. Every time. The best quarterback in the league is Mahomes, and the you know the second best is probably Burrow, and the third best is Mahomes on one leg. You know, I, I think uh, uh, Nick Wright made that point last week, and he's absolutely correct. Like he is, he is one of the five greatest football players ever, and we're only half a decade into his career. So, if there was ever a game that he's just going to win by his damn self, with you know some assists from Kelsey and Jones, obviously, it's this one. And I kind of at this point refuse to pick against him. So I know logically the Eagles are favored for a good reason. Yep. This guy's not logical. I'm going with the Chiefs. Narrowly, but I'm still going with the Chiefs because I would rather go down with him yeah. than anybody else. Yeah, if he comes out limping in the second quarter because of whatever, because he suddenly becomes human again and realizes that high ankle sprains hurt a lot, um, I think That's things change. For, man. Yeah, <laughs> I think things change. Other than that, if he looks as good or better than he did against Cincinnati, it's enough. And it doesn't make any sense. It makes no damn sense at all. But it is impossible for me to look at Pat Mahomes in the face, say a Super Bowl's on the line, I'm putting money against... No, I'm not. I'm betting with you. <laughs> it's the same thing, uh, you know, when Brady was at the height of his powers. And we'll talk about his retirement in the offseason, by the way. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. This is just a Super Bowl episode. Um, but it's the same thing with Brady, where it's like, are you dumb enough to bet against him? Like he's not going to win every game, but are you dumb enough to bet against him? Yeah. I'm not. I'm yeah. not. So I really can't wait for this one. Um, I'm going down to Phoenix on Wednesday uh, to go to go be at the Super. You're going to be up in Seattle still, mm-hmm. so we'll see each other again somewhere on the pro day circuit. We'll, somewhere we'll, in the pro day circuit. We'll figure out which ones we're going to, uh, and then we're going to be in Kansas City for the draft. Yeah. And our personal safety is in no way influencing my pick in this game, obviously. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that, but it's a nice buffer. It's a nice buffer. Um, but, I, again, really can't wait for this game. I'm so excited for it. I'm so happy we got this matchup because this is the matchup that I wanted. And we got it. And uh, it's going to be a hell of a game. If you're looking for uh, our, our prize pick slip, by the way, because I know a lot of you are, have been demanding that for, I don't yes. know, three or four days at this point. <laughs> Based on all the information we laid out here, uh, these are the picks we got. Oh, and by the way, Patrick Mahomes is a free square in this one. You can get over under uh, 0.5 pass yards, so you're literally guaranteed to get it unless a (laughs) meteor hits him before the game. So uh, I did Patrick Mahomes over uh, half passing yard. Uh, Miles Sanders over 58.5 rushing because of the reasons we talked about earlier. Um, AJ Brown over 69 and a half receiving, because I think eventually we are going to see that, you know, little, little shift from Kansas city to be more middle field close looks and give him some one-on-one opportunities outside. So 69 and a half receiving for me on him, uh, Kelsey over seven receptions, which I know sounds absurd, but it's really not because again, it's Travis Kelsey. Uh, and then over Harrison Butker, one and a half field goals made. I kind of broke our own rule on this one and I bet on a kicker, but I also think that, Kansas City is going to move the ball well enough to get 
probably three or four red zone, you know, appearances here. And once Bucker's inside the red zone, like he's not going to miss, right? So I, I put down a little bit of an irresponsible amount of money on this one. Uh, it's like $300. So, oh. so we have like three grand on the line. But we, we had a lot of winnings from this year. It's true. We did. Left over. And, you know, so I was like, eh, sure, fine. Well, it's the last game of the year. We'll, Roll the we'll, dice. We'll it's the end of the season. It. But because we got the free square, I feel pretty good about it. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes throwing for more than one yard. I think you're going to get it. You're good. You're good. It's it's free. So, you know, it's just a lot of pressure on you to get the other four out of five right. I mean, we don't need – as long as we get three total, uh, we, we still make money. hedge on me now. I'm just saying. We're, we're, we're doing okay. We're doing great. Unless the Eagles offense completely shits the bed, which I don't think it will. No. Uh, but anyway, if you guys want to either tail this slip or fade it because you think I'm an idiot – uh, you can use promo code bootleg over at Prize Picks. They'll match your deposit up to $100, and you get the free square. Uh, so, again, go play over there if you really want to. you got plenty of time. I think as long as you put in the slip by Saturday, the day before the Super Bowl, you can get that free square. But uh, thank you to Prize Picks for sponsoring this show and every show that we've done this season. They've been an incredible partner. You guys have loved working with them as well, and we thank you for that. Okay, only a few days away. TikTok, it's TikTok. coming. TikTok. Um, we have a hell of a lot more draft content coming. We're also going to you know, talk about the Super Bowl, obviously, after that game is over. But um, in case you didn't notice, we were at the Shrine Bowl all week. We have like 30 prospect interviews coming. We'll talk Senior Bowl. We'll talk you know, our, our annual 10 Gems episodes. We just have an utterly absurd amount of content coming. So stick with us for all that. And uh, until then, see you next week. Take care.